This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Father, we are we're just so grateful that our lives, every single one of them, can have not just a happy ending, but the real happy ending that it could be said of us and they lived happily ever after. That's why we're here. That would just speak into our lives about that. I pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Morning, everybody. How are you? You ready for Christmas? I broke out my Christmas shirt today, so there you go. I'm it's my Hawaiian Christmas shirt. It might say Mele Kalikimaka somewhere on it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, welcome to church. And, and uh, Are you excited about life? Are you really excited about life? Most days, right? Most days. I hope you're excited about life, and I hope you're excited about eternity. I hope you're excited about your future. Because God has a great future planned for you. There's a great future planned for me. We're going to talk about that this morning. And uh, so, take your program and on the inside of your program, pull out the teaching notes, pull out the connect card, and let's get started. My name is Ron, and I want to give a special shout out to all of us who are coming down the home stretch in New Testament Challenge. Yes, indeed. It's a great thing. You know, let me tell you what I get excited about. I'm, I'm hearing story after story after story from people's lives. And here's what they're saying to me. This New Testament challenge has been really good for me. And then, the, then what comes after that, is, of course, is different for every single person because all of us are different. But here's what they all have in common. And I want you to know this up front. I want everybody to be reminded of this. God's Word has the power to change our lives. There aren't very many things that you can tap into that have the power to change your life. I know you can turn on the TV and they tell you, guys, that if you just go buy this Axe spray and put it on you, that women will flock to you and you'll be instantaneously in shape and life will go really well for you. Don't waste your money doesn't have the power to change your life. It can change how you smell for a few minutes, and that's it. That's all. God's Word has the power to actually change your entire life. In fact, God's Word has not only the power to change your entire life, God's Word has the power to change your eternity. I want that to sink in for just a minute. Because that's what we're going to talk about today. The challenge of eternity. So here's a, a word of encouragement for all of us who are taking the New Testament challenge. And for those of you who are new to New Life, there's about 300 of us who are reading through the entire New Testament of the Bible. And we are in the last two weeks of that. So my word of encouragement is, let's finish strong. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah, absolutely. Let's finish strong because, you know, it gets good. Yeah, it's really good, but 
if you read a book and you don't get through the end of it, you never know how it ends. And there's a great ending to the New Testament. So we're going to finish strong. And in fact, the last book of the Bible gives us great insight into the concept of eternity. Did you know that over 500 times in the New Testament alone, God addresses the subject of eternity? Over 500 times God addresses that subject. So this morning... We've got something that will help us learn our very first principle. And I forgot to bring the marker that I use on this board. So you're going to have to use your imagination. So take, take the... Uh, Justin, you're going to fix that for me? Awesome. There you go. That's why we pay him the big bucks. Okay. Take your teaching notes, and at the top of your teaching notes, you're going to find nine dots arranged like a square, okay? And I'm drawing mine up here. And the challenge is, put your pencil on any dot. Without lifting your pencil, draw four straight lines and connect all the dots. So there you go. Put, start at any dot you want. Okay, without lifting your pencil, draw four straight lines and connect all of the dots. It's pretty easy to get eight of them. It's the ninth one that gets a little tough. Okay, are you ready? We're going to start here. We're going to go down here. There's one. We're going to go up here. There's two. We're going to go out here. There's three. We're going to go here, and there's four. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Now, why did I have you do that? There's a really interesting principle because this is what we would consider the box. And the first principle of life that you need to know, take a look at the video screens. The first principle you need to know is when we live our lives looking only at the things around us, these nine dots that are part of our regular life right here on this earth, when we live our lives looking at only the things around us, what we can see with our eyes, what we can hear with our ears, what we can taste, what we can touch, we can't win at the game of life. You ever had anybody say, I don't understand why, and then they say something about life, and the truth is, as long as you and I look at life as 70 years or 80 years or 90 years of time that we have on planet Earth, there are multitudes of things about life that do not seem fair. Am I right? Yeah. Because the truth is, until you're willing to take to go outside the bounds of your earthly life and take in all of eternity you'll never be able to connect all the dots. You just can't do it. And this morning we're going to see how that, having a proper perspective on eternity, enables us to live this life and find out that not only can life be fair, eventually it will be fair. And won't that feel good? Because when things are not fair, there's something very unsettled in all of us. Let's learn a couple of things about our human nature. Okay, 
And the first is that we have an irrepressible sense of eternity in us. Did you know that? If you if you've watched the the children's little animated film called Jungle Book. Anybody watch Jungle Book? That's a, I love old blue. I love that guy. He, he, yes, all right. But in Jungle Book, the main character is actually Mowgli. And Mowgli is a man-child, and there's something about Mowgli that he recognizes is different from all the other creatures. And he doesn't know exactly what it is uh, until eventually he discovers what it is. But the truth is, he is different from all the other creatures. And friends, the truth is, you and I are different from all the other creatures that God has made. Because the Bible says that God has stamped eternity in our hearts. It's why no matter what civilization from history we dig up or how, the, how remote we get back in the jungles of the Amazon or Africa or, or, or in New Guinea or any other place where we go where people live in these very remote locations and, and completely isolated from the rest of the world, it's why we've never found a civilization yet that didn't believe in some form of God and didn't believe in some form of life after death. It is irrepressibly in our nature. You may find a person or two who has worked hard to convince themselves that that's not true, but there's no civilization that's ever bought into that. Because we are different. God's planted eternity in our hearts. The second thing that you and I need to know, we can also learn from Jungle Book. And that is, we also have an ever-present infatuation with temporary things. Don't we? Remember in Jungle Book when Ka'a the snake comes down and he looks at Mowgli and his eyes change and all of a sudden Mowgli's just mesmerized. He can't think of anything else. He loses track of everything else around him and he's just focused in on that one thing. You realize you and I get like that with life? We lose track of eternity because we have this ever-present infatuation with what's going on in the right here and the right now. Let me go back and pick up a passage of Scripture that I skipped a while ago. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The Bible says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, what's the end result? Are, are we in good shape or bad shape? We're miserable. And the truth is, for people who decide that this life is all that there is, it inevitably leads to a place of misery. So what's the answer? Well, let's skip ahead to Colossians chapter 3. Here's what God says to us. Here's our instruction for the morning. Let heaven fill your thoughts. I want you to underline that. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Now, in this room, we have quite a few people who are Christians. I could actually end this message right now with one question and say, is that true of your life? Does heaven fill your thoughts? And I think most of us would have, would have to say, I've got some work to do on that. Yeah. Let heaven fill your thoughts. And he goes on to say, do not think only about the things down here on this earth. So now here's the key that I want you to get. The key to winning in the game of life and living life successfully, the key is 
actually relatively simple. Not simple to do, simple to understand. It's found in living with a dual focus. Right away, all the guys are going, but I'm a guy, we don't multitask. Right? And all the women are going, it's about time. All right? So, uh, I have a little prop that will help us understand this. I'll be back in just a minute. All right, it's a guy prop, right? And I'm going to try not to drop it as I put it here because it doesn't actually belong to me. What do you think? That's pretty nice looking, right? Why would I bring a remote-controlled aircraft? Are you ready? I've never actually flown one of these, but I've always wanted to. (laughs) Got your hard hat? (laughs) No. I'm not going to fire it up, but I want to teach you a lesson. Okay? And the lesson is this. In order to correctly fly a remote-controlled aircraft, you have to have a dual focus. And because guys do these more often than ladies, guys can do this. All right? So here you go. You have to, first of all, be able to focus on the aircraft. You have to know how it works. You have to know that there's a rudder back here. And that affects the direction that the plane goes. You have to know that it has elevators back here that help the plane uh, gather elevation. You have to know that it has ailerons here. And what they do with the plane, you have to know that's a prop. And you have to know what it does with the plane And you have to be able to focus on all four of those at the same time if you're going to correctly fly the airplane and not crash it. But you also have to be able to focus on this, which is the controller. You have to know what every one of these buttons and switches do and how they relate to what happens with that aircraft. And and so at, at the same time, you're focusing on the aircraft but you're also focusing on the controls. I want you to learn another lesson. You start up that plane, and you think, man, this looks like fun. I'm just going to mess around with these things. What's going to happen? You will crash your plane. I want you to understand, the plane represents our eternity. It's, it's out there. It's where we're going to be out there. And everything that you and I do today has some effect on what our eternity is going to be like. And if you and I think we can just sit and play around with our present life, man, this is fun. I guess I'll worry about eternity when I get there. You will destroy your eternity before you ever get there. Let me tell you something else. Anybody who flies a remote-controlled aircraft knows that you cannot fly the, the aircraft by looking at this. Okay? You have to be able to look at the aircraft. You can glance down at these once in a while, but you have to be able to look at the aircraft in order to successfully fly it. 
And can I say to you that if you go through this life and you don't keep your eye on eternity, you can't live this life correctly. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah. Because everything we do here has an effect in eternity. So the truth is, the key to living life successfully here, living life successfully in eternity, is living with a dual focus. Which is why, what did Paul say? Let heaven fill your thoughts. Where should you put more of your, your focus and your energy? In heaven than on the things of this earth. By the way, is that a challenge for us? Is it? I don't know a person that's not a challenge for. That's a challenge for me. That's a challenge for everybody I've ever met. But I can tell you this. The more I put my attention on eternity, the better I do at living right here. I, I end up being a better husband. I end up being a better father. I end up being a better pastor. I end up being a better person. Because when I put my eyes down here, I just tend to mess up everything. But when I keep my eyes where they belong, I tend to do both pretty well. So, what changes will that make in our lives? Well, let's look at three key changes that that will make in our lives. This living with a dual focus. Number one, it'll change what we get upset and worried about. It just will. Sometimes we get so upset about stuff that doesn't make any difference. My dad used to say to me, son, listen, you've got to run everything by the five-year test. And the five-year test is real simple. Will this make any difference in five years? And if it won't make any difference in five years, it shouldn't be that big a deal right now. I know you, that the apple pie was all gone and you were counting on a piece of apple pie. I know that, son. And I know you're hungry. But five years from now, will you look back at this day and say, my life was forever changed because I didn't get a piece of apple pie? No. Okay. Let's dial it down. Keep it in the proper perspective. Yeah. By the way, that works when somebody cuts in line in front of you at the grocery store. And you're just sort of blowing smoke out your ears. And you're doing the silent suffer. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Think about it. Five years from now, will it make any difference that someone cut in line in front of you at Safeway? Well, if it's not going to make any difference five years from now, let's not have it be that big a deal today. Don't go home and kick the dog. Don't go home and grouse at your wife. Or your husband. They didn't cut in front of you. Besides, it's not that big a deal. In fact, you know what the Bible says? We'd be better off if we ran everything, not just by the five-year test, but by the eternity test. Did you know Paul did that in his life? We're talking about a guy who spent years in prison, unjustly. We're talking about a guy who was shipwrecked multiple times and bobbed around like a cork on the ocean waiting for a shark to come along for days. We're talking about a guy who was physically beaten. We're talking about a pastor who was unjustly criticized by people in his church. In a church that he had planted. And the people in the church were beginning to doubt whether he was a real pastor or not. Think his life was easy? It was pretty tough. But look what he said 
Look how Paul ran everything by the eternity test. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with what? The glory that's going to be revealed in us. You know, he had his hands firmly on the controls of his life. But where were his eyes? They were on eternity. So that's the first thing. The second thing it will do is it will not only change what we get upset about, but it will change how we invest our time, our energies, and our resources. Now, friends, those are the things that your life is made of and that my life is made of. And as long as we put our attention on the things of this life, we will end up investing our time, our energies, and our resources on all these just temporary things that in the end don't satisfy anyway and that someone may come along and steal or they're going to get destroyed in the process. And we'll just get all focused in on this and we will miss what life could have been because we'll have, if, if we put our attention, not just on the things of this life, but on the things of eternity. Jesus addressed that very clearly. Notice what he said, even about the things that you and I eat. He says, don't be concerned or so concerned about perishable things like food. This is an easier message to deliver to the nine o'clock crowd than it is the 11 o'clock crowd, right? (laughs) All right. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. Very clear. So when it comes, you know what I've noticed? When, when I invest my time, my, my energies and my resources on the, on the things of this life, I tend to waste them. I tend to consume them. And I tend to put them into things that are self-indulgent. And most of those in some way, end up to be self-destructive. Okay? If you take the time to think through that, and you think about your own life, and you think about the lives of people around you, you'll know that that's true. Anytime I set my sights on self-indulgence, this is my time. I get to do with my time whatever I want to do with my time. I get to be like, you know, a three-year-old, except now I'm 30. And I get to do whatever I want. So I'm going to do only what I want. That almost always ends in some form of self-indulgence and self-destruction. Yeah. But when I put my time and effort and energies into things that last for eternity, it's amazing how unselfish I become and how much more effective I am at what I do with what God has entrusted to me. The third change that it brings in our lives is this. It changes how we view our own mortality and death. Sometimes people say, well, pastor, don't you think it's morbid to talk about death? No, I think it's foolish to live in denial about the the inevitable. Okay? Because if Jesus doesn't come in the next few years, every single person in this room Every single one of us is going to face death squarely in the eye. And in that moment of time, death's going to win. I have a good friend that says, you know, if you live long enough, you catch something that's fatal. 
That's it. So that's coming. So let's talk about it. You know, if, if I get all wrapped up in the things of this life, and I'm living for my 70 years in the sunshine, and I'm trying to make, you know, I want to have every experience I can have in that 70 years, and I've got this bucket list of all these places I want to go and all these things I want to do, and I'm focused on that bucket list because I'm living as if this life is the only life. And yeah, i got a bucket list, but it's not that big, and it's not that big a deal to me because I know that my real bucket list is in eternity. You know, if I die tomorrow, I didn't get gypped. I got the short course. Got it? Yeah. I, I want you to think about this. If a real destination is eternity, remember a few years ago when we had the Concorde flights that went from the United States to Europe at supersonic speeds? Did anybody get on that and say, man, this sucks. I got here in six hours when it could have taken 12 Nobody says that. Why? Because we know that the real energy we want to put in the destination, not in the trip. If we could ever look at this life and recognize it's the trip to eternity, then things start to take a different shape. And I realize that if I live, I turn 60 in August, that if I die at, yeah, I know, that's old. But if I die at 60, I didn't get ripped. It means I got the 60-year course to heaven. If I had died at 20, I didn't get ripped. I got the 20-year course to heaven. That's actually a good thing. A little tough on the people left here, okay? I wouldn't minimize that. But you know, so often we look at people who die young and we feel sorry for them. Bad deal. It means we don't understand life. It means we don't have it in the right perspective. It would change how we view our own mortality and our own death. Which is why Paul would write in that same chapter that we started with in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, death is swallowed up in victory. Why? Because we understand there is life after death. And so he says, O death, where is your victory? And O death, where is your sting? Wish I had time to develop that fully for us, but I at least want to plant that seed thought. Now, let's close by looking at the, the, the answers to the question, how can I live with this dual focus? If it would change these three things, which are all very good for me, if it would change those, how can I do that? Well, there are three things that I would point us to that would help us live with this dual focus. And the first is, it's important that I get on board with Jesus. And I, just for a minute, I, 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 for the rest of this teaching, I want us to imagine that we are going to take a trip to Italy. Okay? We've never been to Italy before. We don't know anything about Italy except for we know some people who said that's a great place to go and we want to go. Okay? So... The, the, the first thing that you and I need to do is we need to get on board a carrier that actually takes us there. That'd be a good idea. Would it be a good idea to fly southwest? But your bags are free. You know, it, it sounds stupid, but it would be crazy to think, I like that aspect of the airline, so I'm only going to fly southwest. Because you're never going to get to Italy then. It's amazing how many people who, that you would sit down and say, 
Have you considered where that might take you in eternity? And they go, no, but I like it now. Hello, don't get on board a carrier that's not going to take you eventually where you want to go. Now here, here's what the Bible's very clear about. There's only two destinations in eternity. One is magnificent beyond anything. Why? Because God's there. It's living in the presence of God and in the new heavens and the new earth that he's creating for his family and those who choose to become his children. And the other is as awful as heaven is good. Why? Because it's living in eternity where there is no God. And friends, if you've ever been part, if you've ever been in a place where there was a large number of truly godless people, that's a scary place to be. I've been there a few times. And I can tell you that's a scary place to be. Imagine an eternity shut out from the presence of God and everything godly. Those are the only two de- destinations. Now the Bible is also very clear about this. And I want you to hear this up front. What's the default setting for human beings? Most people in America live under the delusion, they live under the deception that the default setting for all people is heaven unless they pull a Hitler. That's not true. The default setting for human beings is hell. Now hear me, not because God's mean. Not at all. But because you and I are sinners. And heaven is perfect. So you can't take sinners up there. Because if you did, it wouldn't be heaven anymore. And because we, by the way, has God done everything he can to sort of keep us from sinning? Yeah. He's done everything he can. Has he told us, that's a bad deal, you don't want to do it? Yeah. Has he told us, that's going to have terrible consequences, not just in eternity, but in your life right here? When God said, don't commit adultery, he was, he was looking at broken homes. He was looking at children that were raised in split homes. He was looking at domestic violence and abuse. He was looking at all the stuff that comes from committing adultery. And he says, that's a bad deal. Don't go there. He's doing everything he can to hold up the caution flags and the warning signs and saying, that's a bad deal. Don't do that. Don't do that. But you know something? We all find ways to sin, correct? And that's why you and I have to understand that our default setting is not heaven. It's hell. And not because God's mean, but because we are sinners. But because God isn't mean, He did something about it. He said, I could change that. It will cost me dearly, but I will pay the cost so that people can have a different destiny. So the golden text of the Bible is this in John 3.16. God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. There's, there's that great destination. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world. He would have done that if He was mean, but to save the world through Him so there is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him. But Anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. You know what that means? That's why number one is get on board with Jesus. If you want to go to heaven, 
you got to get on board with the only carrier who can take you there, and that's Jesus. And that means you have to give him your life. You can't just say, oh yeah, I think there's a Jesus out there somewhere. I'm pretty sure there's a Jesus. I'm pretty sure he was born on Christmas and I'm kind of cool with that. No, it means you become a follower of Jesus and you trust him with your life. You've got to get on board the aircraft that he's piloting and that's you know, the grand old ship of salvation. You got it? That's what that means. You don't accidentally fall into that. You don't, you don't get to be a Christian just by coming to church and listening to the message. You don't get to be a Christian by putting your offering in or even filling out a Connect card. You get to be a Christian by choosing to give your life to Jesus. I'll lead you in that in a couple of minutes. Second thing that we have to know and understand is this. We have to educate ourselves about heaven, about eternity. I've noticed this. When people get ready to go on a trip to Italy... They start reading about Italy a long time ahead, right? They want to learn about the culture. They want to learn about the protocols. They want to learn about the historic sites. They want to learn about the museums. They want to learn about the places that, that they should go and see. They want to do everything they can to educate themselves about Italy. Why? Because they know the more that they know about Italy before they get there, the more they can anticipate the trip and the more fulfilling the trip is once they get there. I want to tell you this. I think one of the reasons why many Christians are not that excited about heaven is because they've never actually studied it. Kind of the only thing they know is, isn't there something in the Bible about streets of gold? And gates of pearl? And now we've sort of exhausted their, their Bible knowledge. Friends, if you're going to go to Italy and that's all you knew about Italy, you probably wouldn't be that excited about going. Because the truth is, the more we learn, the more excited we get. And God has, I mean, I'm going to give you a couple of things that I'll point you to. Three or four years ago, I did a whole series of teachings on heaven. You can go to our website. You can click on message podcasts. Go to the archive section. Click on heaven. And it'll bring up five sermons. And they each unfold a different aspect of heaven and eternity. I want to encourage you, if you weren't here, even if you were, it probably would do you good to go back and listen to that. Because the more you learn about heaven, the more excited you'll get about being there. Another thing that you can do is Randy Alcorn has written a book. He's a pastor. He's written a book. I don't know, it's three or 400 pages long about heaven. I've read it. It was the first thing that got me really excited about heaven. And for the first time, I was able to say to God, you know, God, if you ended my life today, I'm cool with that. I'm ready. I'm signed up. I got a ticket, and, I, and I'm ready to go. I know it would be a little tough on my wife and a few other people, and so I'm willing to hang around for them. Actually, I enjoy life as well. But, but the deal was, I got excited about heaven for the very first time because I learned about it. And I got excited about what we're going to be doing and, and the life that God's creating for us. So uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you a chance in a little bit uh, when we get to the application zone to check uh, a thing about educating myself for eternity. If you end up checking that box on your Connect card, uh, I'm going to send you two links. I'm going to send you a link to the podcast archive, and I'm going to send you a link where you can purchase Randy Alcorn's book on heaven. But you, and I want, I want to tell you this. Don't put it off till next week, because if you put it off till next week, you won't do it next week either. Okay? So, so take one of those two steps this week. And then, and then the third thing 
that I need to do if, if I want to really get connected with heaven and I, and I want to live with that dual focus is, is this. I, I not only have to get on board with Jesus and I have to educate myself, but I need to put myself in places, in settings where heaven is the focus. My younger brother Richard uh, took a recent trip to Italy and um, prior to going to Italy, he not only got books and he read and he got travel things and he read about that, but he did something else. He and his wife, he lives in Salem, Oregon, and they researched Italian restaurants in and around the Salem, Portland area that were actually owned by Italian families who had come here directly from Italy. They didn't want Olive Garden. No, no offense to Olive Garden. But they actually wanted authentic Italian food because they wanted to develop a taste for Italian food. And then he looked up a foreign exchange student from Italy that happened to be living in his neighborhood. And he made arrangements to get together with them every week just to speak casual Italian. And so that he could learn not just an Italian vocabulary, but some of the nuances of the Italian language so that he could speak Italian very well when he went to Italy. And then he got on, on, on uh, the internet and he got in chat rooms with people who had been to Italy and people who went to Italy every year and had been there multiple times. You know what he was doing? He was putting himself in settings, in places where Italy was a focus. You got it? Well, if you want to get excited about heaven, then you've got to take that same passion and put it into heaven. Where's heaven the focus? Come to church. Okay? As we close, I, you, you can go to the application zone in your notes because I'm going to work through the application zone. Um, but, but I'm going to start with number three. All right? And we'll work our way backwards. If you want to get excited about heaven then you've got to put yourself in church not a Sunday or two a month, but every Sunday. I know this is Northern California, and I know we have all sorts of things that we love to do, and I know that it's easy for us to, to, to sort of schedule weekend getaways here and weekend getaways there. Friends, it, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with going to Yosemite. But you know something? You could fill your weekends with all sorts of wonderful places to go, but they would all be about here and now. I want to encourage you, if you're going to go away for the weekend, go on Friday night, come back Saturday or early Sunday morning. Put yourself in, in a setting every Sunday where heaven is the focus. I've noticed this. When my computer... St starts acting funny and it takes long to do things and it's struggling and it's sort of stuttering. I, I, I've noticed that if I hit the reset button, most of the time it starts to function right again. Did you know church is like a reset button for your soul? It has a way of rearranging all the priorities and pointing us in the right direction. So I want to encourage you, make a commitment that, you know, except for a week or two when I'm actually on vacation and I'm out of town on a long trip, except for a week or two, I'm going to be here every Sunday. I'm going to develop that pattern, that habit in my life because it will give me that dual focus. Second thing, um, the one right above that, I'm going to take this week, I'm going to make a, a specific step in educating myself about heaven. And I, and I already told you, if you check that box, or that little circle, then um, 
I'm going to send you two links this week that will point you in the right direction. And then the first one is, I'm going to get on board with Jesus. I'm going to make a first-time decision to follow Christ. I want to lead us in prayer. Lord, so many things to say about eternity right now. Lord, would you minister in a special way to those of us in our audience who are making, we're ready to make that first-time decision for you. And we're ready to say, I'm going to get on board with Jesus. Lord, for those people, and with those people, we say this simple prayer. If you're ready to make that decision, I invite you to repeat this prayer. It'll be your first step in making the decision to follow Christ. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. Even when I don't want to be, sometimes I am. And I acknowledge that that means my default setting is not heaven, it's actually hell. And I recognize that you can change that, and you alone. So I come to you today giving my life to you. Making you my Lord, so that I will follow you. And I come acknowledging my sin and asking for your forgiveness so that I could receive your eternal life. And Lord, would you move and motivate the rest of us to take a step this week to educate ourselves about heaven so we could get excited about it. And would you lead us to that great decision that we would be in church every Sunday, not out of obligation, but so that our focus could be pointed in the right direction. We pray in your name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.